Hello and welcome to the Keen on Things podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Keen. Who else? Who else would do this? Who else would lie about being me? Who, who would even come close to claiming that they're me? And you can't, my face is too distinct. Not pretty, but distinct. There's really no way. I mean, forehead, eyebrows, eyes, maybe, but there's just too much weird, non-asymmetrical crookedness, big size, weird disproportion, bleh, that it'd be like, that's not him. You know for a fact that it's me. Okay. Uh, Keen on Things podcast. Guys, best 30 minutes of sleep you're going to get in show business. I'm the mattress guy. All right. I'm, I mean, the the mattress guy, the Trump loving with the cross or the crucifix, (coughs) he, he ain't got nothing. He can't put you to sleep and keep you to sleep like this podcast can. Why am I not in business with him? Cross promotion. Let's get on it. This is going to put you to sleep. Not this opening, this intro and stuff like that, but like when I get to the content, when I get to my realness, oh, forget about it, game over. But that's what life is. It's comfort in the boredom. It's comfort in the routine. Uh, the Chris Rock used to talk about the relationships that work are the ones that are boring. Okay, the exciting uh, drama, those relationships don't work. So you want the boring, you know. The long game, if you're playing the stock market, right? Growth or value? That's what we're learning. That's what we're learning. Is it a growth company or a value company? Uh, not that I guess they can't be both, but uh, you're you're in for the long game. It's not it's not about the day traders. Literally learned that six hours ago. I try to act like I'm seasoned. Uh, day traders don't make money, guys. Again, I don't know anything about the stock market unless you're with J.P. Morgan for life. Then you're a day trader that makes money. Again, no idea if that's true. It's what I was told six months, six hours ago. Um, so boredom rules the day. You know what I mean? Uh, what was his name? Jerry Glanville? Not boring. He also didn't win. I mean, they made the playoffs once or twice. It was fun. It was sexy. Mm, they didn't win. Okay. Nick Saban wins. Belichick wins. No days off. I'm sure there's boring, boring meetings. But come to game time, they're prepared. They're prepared. They've seen it. Brady. Probably a very, <clears throat> excuse me, boring diet. Uh, a, bar- a very boring, um, I don't know, workout schedule? You know, the relationships that are boring, you're back in bed, you know, you have one glass of wine. You don't get wasted and stay all night. You have one glass of wine, you're back in pajamas watching Netflix by nine. I don't know. It tends to work. What do I know? What, what the hell am I talking? I'm giving relationship advice. I'm single at 48 uh, and a half. Uh, happy New Year, guys. Happy, uh, I think, yeah. I think was it was a Jewish New Year recently. Okay, we're three minutes in. Um, thanks for joining. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for listening. Keen on things. K-E-A-N-E. Patrick Keanu. Yeah, that's right. Uh, from Las Vegas. Thanks for listening and tuning in. You can subscribe to the Keen on Things podcast. You can also follow me at Keen of Comedy. K-E-A-N-E of Comedy. On Instagram, that seems to be the hot one. I, TikTok, I just don't know how much to put in that. It seems like it's a, uh, I don't know. It seems like it's 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 Coinstar or it's that, uh, what's that trading that's going on right now? Let me pull that up. What's that trading that's happening right now that everybody's into? Um, oh, man. Oh, so boring. 
is happening now. What's the trading, guys? Is there an X in there? I don't know. Okay. Um, this podcast is over. Okay. Anyway, you want the uh, you want the long term. You want the long haul, right? And that's what I am. And that's what the podcast is. That's what Instagram is. And I just don't know about. Um, it's not Coinstar. My mind is so old. It goes to like the second thing back. It goes to two things ago, thinking it's current. Like, oh, congratulations, you caught up to 2013. I don't even know what Coinstar is, um, but it's the it's the thing that's uh, being traded right now. I, uh, slowest brain, great memory in some areas, but anything current, done, game over. Uh, long haul, all right, and that's what um, these day traders are, and that's what TikTok is. And I just don't trust it. I trust Instagram. Go with that, right? Facebook a little for my generation and what I do for a living. LinkedIn. Those three are fine. Um, I don't need the other stuff. Okay. Uh, It was 20th anniversary of 9-11 a couple days ago. By the way, this is coming out Wednesday night, which, mm, whatever. It doesn't matter. Everything's streaming. It was the 20th anniversary of 9-11 this past week, Saturday, day after my mom's birthday. Um, Day before, sorry, 9-12. She's on Sunday, which I always liked. I was was like, ooh, that's good that that's not tainted. But people have their birthdays on 9-11. Big deal. Right, something crazy may happen someday on your birthday that's tragic, uh, or or something great might happen which trumps your Britain. You're like it's the same day that you know humankind sprouted wings and could finally fry, fly, fry. Um, so nine eleven, you know, you visit, you revisit in your mind nine eleven and those tragedies, nineteen eighty six Challenger explosion, but that wasn't necessarily uh, vindictive like the 9-11 attacks, you revisit those moments uh, in your mind through picture, video, audio, and it just consumes you. You think, I think, I'm all set and practical and adjusted, and I can be objective if I watch that footage, if I go back, if I watch the news, if I YouTube, Google search, whatever. But it just blows you away every time, 20 years out right you get caught up in your own memories and where you were your wherever and whenever you were in your life uh and kind of apply it toward that time and uh it's crazy time and processing and distance uh really has little effect i thought it would i you know every year i'm like "Eh," no you get pulled back in pretty quick and this is from me this is from someone who was on the west coast then and now pretty much that entire time aside from a bunch of traveling within country and some out outside the country um i don't know anyone personally who perished Uh, i did work with a girl who lost an ex-boyfriend i worked at warren cowan and associates uh we had a publicist assistant mid-20s her ex-boyfriend uh worked in one of the towers she was a swimmer at brown and I think he went to Brown with her at the same time. Uh, he perished. Okay, there were exes, young. Uh, doesn't matter if someone's an ex. You know, they're lost or gone uh, to the next realm. Still pretty crazy. Uh, I had a friend who worked for Merrill Lynch uh, as well, so not sure about that. Uh, my buddy Franco was great. He worked at a bar restaurant. I got to get the name of that. He was there that morning working. 
which I love being able to hit a bar restaurant in the morning. So God bless that city, New York City, for that alone. That people are getting cocktails in the morning. I'm sure you can do it at airports and stuff. And I'm sure there's places in LA and I'm sure there's places in Dubuque. Iowa, you can do it. So Dubuque, Iowa, by the way, has one of the best like coffee shop, patio, uh, bar, lemonade, uh, porch scenarios where you can watch the Cubs middle of the summer. It's phenomenal. You can get a cocktail. You can get a coffee. You can just get a beer. And I just love it. It's one of my favorite spots on the on the earth. And I, I yelped about it if anybody ever wants to look that up. I'm sure it'll get crashed with all these people looking it up. Um my buddy, Franco, Eric Franco, from Mission Viejo, California, graduate of Mission Viejo High School, Diablos, working at a bar restaurant, actor, goes on auditions, been in commercials, good-looking guy, Mexican-American, um, tough guy, wrestled in high school, tough fighter, uh, did a little stand-up, does a little stand-up, living in Oregon now, working at a, a family bar, a friend's bar. They have restaurants here. Oh, I'll do a plug. El Cortez, guys off crown valley and molten where molten hits golden lantern molten turns into golden lantern as it goes southwest and you hit crown valley right next to patsy's bar two down it's called el cortez the gentleman and they have a few restaurants franco's they have a few restaurants around uh, flamingo stuff like that that family went to grade school with the cousins anyway he's working in new york uh early part of the Malin. working a bar restaurant that morning we're behind the bar. People are walking in, dusty, shrapnel, traumatized. Eric's boss has no idea how to handle the situation, nor would I. I'd go into a back room. I'd get on the phone, landline, not cell phones at the time, necessarily. Some people had it. There was, it was out there. Not everybody, though. Um, I would have had no idea to handle it. Back room. I'd sit down. I'd just be like uh, that one dude in, um, oh, man, oh, Band of Brothers, who just loses it and takes his helmet off in the middle of battle and is staring at his friend who's bleeding. And they have to rescue him because he's just mentally checked out. That's me. Um, so Eric's working the bar. He's about 26 at the time. Just started. He just started making food and serving people as they came in dusty, as they came in in shock. And I don't know, he'd been around family, family tragedies, I guess. Uh, he'd been around restaurants, cooking all his life, serving uh, drinks and food. So he just starts cooking, serving people drinks. They don't know what to do. He, it's like that scene in, um, is this the fourth movie that I'm not going to get right? Um, the baseball movie with Kevin Costner, Field of Dreams, where the big man is just... Uh, James Earl Jones, like, they're just going to turn over money to you without even asking. And and that's what Eric was doing with food to customers, serving people, making drinks. His thought process was people need to eat. People need something familiar. All right. People need something that their bodies can do work on while they're going through the stress. I don't know what he knew, right? I'm sure there were tea. I, I don't know what he knew in terms of what's going on outside. Why are people coming in bloody? with dust on them, in suits, looking shocked, um, cut faces, cement, dust, crud. Uh, I'm sure there were TVs on in the restaurant bar. Word of mouth probably had him informed. Um, but talk about just taking action is what Eric Franco did. 
Uh, if he never does anything again in his life, this was a great thing. Uh, and he said his boss had no idea what to do. And it's just so interesting. I mean, this is such a clutch guy, Eric Franco. Um, and he told me, he said he's told the story a few times. I've made him tell it. People were just eating, drinking, watching TV, decompressing, taking it in, processing, surviving. And as they left throughout the morning, throughout the day, I don't know how long it went on, he, they would just hand over money, not caring what it was uh and just insisted take it take it take it and then they just start walking home from manhattan to wherever they lived in other parts of manhattan brooklyn uh bridge you know obviously staten island i don't know if the ferry would have been going i i don't know um i will say there's a there's a picture going around of that fire truck from brooklyn going across the bridge and it was like the last, obviously, photo that was taken. And everyone on that fire truck from that unit perished um, from the uh, two buildings collapsing. And I don't know why that one like really sticks with you. Because it's like, wow, here's they're, they're on the way to help. And we never see them again. And you just see them in that last shot. Uh, very gnarly, right? Just a different world. Um, you know, a, apocalyptic scenario around. You have no idea what's going on. Right out of nowhere, just a Tuesday morning. Was it an election morning of some sort? Because a lot of people didn't show up for work. Monday night football was the night before, so a lot of people were late for work. Those two things, I think, saved a lot of lives, kept people from coming. Uh, Steve Byrne, buddy of mine, comic, little brother, his little brother, uh, had just moved to New York to start school, start college. He would have been that age because Steve's 46. Yeah, he's about that age. He was just moving to New York to start college, I believe. Not sure what college. Um, God, man. 9-11-2001 might have been his first day. I, I, Will has told me this story a few times. I don't know if that would make sense, if the dates would line up. Would school have started the previous week? On the 4th? The 11th was a Tuesday, so the 4th would have been a Tuesday. Would school have started on the 4th? What difference does it make? What am I talking about? Um, so he had just started classes and immediately dropped out to enlist. His father, their father, Stephen Will, their father was stationed in Korea during the Vietnam War. Uh, that's where he met his wife, Stephen Will's mom, uh, mother to his codomos, niños, kids. Um, his dad told him not to. He said, don't do it. Will did it anyway. Uh, he stopped school, enlisted, ended up going to Iraq or Afghanistan for battle, survived. Now he's back living in Florida. And rumor is that living in Florida has him wanting to return to Iraq and Afghanistan. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That living in Florida has him wanting to return to Iraq and Afghanistan. Thank you. Depends on what part of Florida. Northern. Kidding. Guys, I got to get some jokes in here. Florida gets a bad rap, or does it? I don't know. And is it only a bad rap if it's inaccurate? If is it a bad rap? Boy, Baltimore and Detroit are—they get a bad rap. Well, not if it's a shithole. I mean, it gets an accurate rap, right? Um, Florida. I think Cleveland gets a bad rap. I enjoy Cleveland. I enjoy parts of Florida. I I love Miami. Maybe it's I'm so pale, and when you land at the Miami airport, your hips just kind of start moving on their own because there's so much flavora. You know? You got native, indigenous, 
black, Latino, Cuban, Puerto Rican, Caribbean, you know, all that stuff. So, um, but some people really don't like Florida or Cleveland. I, I, I like both. Um, I think because every time I've been to Miami, especially, it's been for work and the weather is amazing and you're getting paid and it's a nice hotel. And I probably was Swartzen. We've been there three or four times. Uh, I met my most recent girlfriend there. I just like that city, right? Even, even some areas up the coast, you know. You know, some areas up the coast. I know Fort Lauderdale, a little gritty. But uh, the cruise ship scene has you going through Miami and Fort Lauderdale a lot. And I've always been paid well doing that. So I just, I have a better feeling. Isn't that fun? When you got a little money in your pocket, in your account, who has money in their pocket? Well, it's on the card. Anyway, uh, Steve Burns' brother, Will, is back there now in Florida. So um, just to stay on this fascinating take, we're halfway through anyway. My career's over after this. Uh, what career? Um, so I didn't know anyone directly in 9-11. What struck me this past week and I commented on someone's post about this, was thinking about the firefighters, cops, civilians, and such, who went into the situation after trouble had struck, after trouble had started. They went into that situation uh, not knowing what the hell was going on, right? We can't even process now what was happening, what happened, right? You see the pictures, you see the images, you hear the stories, and you're just like, what? wait, what? Like, these people had to go in right away. And, and you know, they're trained for that, right? Um, I mean, how could these people possibly understand what the hell happened at, the, at that moment, right? Emergency calls going out immediately that just say, hey, smoke from the Twin Towers. A plane went into one, then the other one. That info. How do you even deal? And maybe you don't deal. Maybe you just go and you're trained, nose down, right? Who knows what info is out there? Who knows how far it trickles down? Who knows what they need to be? Maybe you can't tell them too much because they won't be all in. I, who knows, right? Um, so how much information is getting to these first responders? Is the third plane going to hit while we're in there? Where, where is it intentional? I think the second one, you're like, yeah, this is intentional. This We couldn't screw up this big of a coincidence. Um, so just that reaction and stick to uh, of the assignment. Just wow. Uh, I remember my buddy was at Merrill Lynch. I think he was at Merrill Lynch. Or maybe it was Dean Witter. Are they the same? Wait, you just put gas in this car and it goes? Um, I don't know if that's the same company. No, I don't even know what company it was with. Anyway, after a few minutes when I heard about the 9-11 attacks and got to work, I was trying to think who I knew there, right? And I think it was my cousin Mike, Mike Keen, same last name, spelled K-E-A-N-E on things podcast of comedy. Uh, so it was Mike Keen and my friend John. Um, cell phones weren't readily existent uh as they are today so i called mike's parents my aunt and uncle and i called john's parents both sets of parents said their son was okay they had to get off. i remember getting off the phone with both of them like hey we got it there's so many calls coming in so much i was like yep good love you guys boom um and i don't know i did this i'm sure i did a some form of a 9-11 podcast last year boy yeah i mean if this podcast could get any more boring, it's, hey, cut to a year before it, and you can have the same exact podcast. Holy Christ. Jesus, talk about people jumping out of towers. Listening to this podcast will do it. I don't know if I talked about uh, this last year. I should listen to some of these podcasts that I'm putting out to the world. Uh, I was working at Warren Cowan & Associates, 8899 Beverly Boulevard in West L.A., Beverly Hills area between Robertson and Doheny, a very weird place, then and now. 
then and now. Um, have your personality and your come correct before you move into LA and show business. Don't let that place shape you too much. Um, thank God I have a good base of uh, family and friends and didn't internalize or personalize too much of what I experienced in that town in two decades. Um, so that morning, 9-11-2001, I woke up to an alarm. Um, I would imagine, I had to be work at 9, which is very L.A. I, I don't, some places are 10, 11, whatever. I, I can't imagine a job in New York where you can show up at 9, unless maybe you're a publicist, I don't know. I would think everything's 7 or 8, whatever. I woke up to an alarm, which might have been, I don't think I would wake up at 8. It was probably 7 a.m. That would have been 10 a.m. New York time. Uh, talk. It was a music station. You know, it's a regular music radio station. But there was talk going on. You know, you're groggy. You get to the bathroom. I went to the bathroom, showered, all that stuff. Came back to the room to get dressed, prepared. Still talking on the radio. And I remember thinking literally in, in that day, and I'd thought it before, because you need something to complain about, right? I was like, God damn. I was like, damn radio stations. Too much talking all the time. And I remember thinking like, these damn LA radio stations. Too much talking. Play some music. Which, LA is great for radio. It's great. There's plenty of stations. Plenty of different music. Uh, you know, the old school stuff. Classic rock. You want 90s. You want 2000s. You want classical. Country. Old country. New country. Alternative. New alternative. You can get it all. Right? Even then. There's plenty of music. So... What was I even complaining about? Nothing. And then I finally hear, while I'm getting dressed, so if you're just tuning in, both World Trade Center buildings have been attacked. We are under attack. Airplanes have crashed into both buildings. And I don't know if they had said the buildings come down. By that time, I'm out in the living room where I lived on Plymouth, Plymouth and Melrose, right by uh, Paramount Pictures, right by Lucy's El Adobe Cafe, right by Astro Burger. Um, and... Uh, <coughs> turn on the tv right away S smoke because i think by then the buildings were down smoke coverage uh outraged reporters you know a lot of emotions right and i remember thinking like what i remember thinking before i turned the tv on what like the world trade center there was an attack there by some terrorists and some bombings a few years ago in that exact location how could this be happening again in the same spot that was in my head in like the five seconds it took me uh, which is a pretty good time. Like that's, I was in pretty good shape then, so I could get across my living room in about five seconds from the back bedroom. Um, turn on the TV. Um, so at that point, wake up at ten, probably half hour. Let's say, let's say it's seven thirty. Have to go to work, be there by nine. Uh, I'm going to say seven thirty, seven forty-five, which is ten thirty, ten forty-five East Coast time. Uh, so buildings, I'm pretty sure, are down. Uh, again, no texting and limited cell phone owner owners so i just i just went to work i drove to work i didn't know where else to go um and i like in my own personal life i like to normalize things some people need to uh outsource the panic or or frustration or outrage or fear or um you know deliriousness uh i like to normalize it i've gone on stage after some terrible news you know like minutes after and things like that uh, just helps me deal with whatever and i can kind of phone whatever i'm doing outwardly while i process it inwardly internally some horrible things you know e even when i get horrible news i'll take a sec before i have to for, for if whatever reason if i have to relay it i'll process it i'll wait to hear from other sources 
I don't want to become someone who's putting uh, word out too much uh, unless things are confirmed. You know, I'll make a couple calls, a couple texts, and then I'll just kind of wait. There's, there's nothing I can do to just help the situation. Then it's like, all right, let's go into a tactical retreat type thing. Um, so I just drove to work, and it was right down Melrose, right? Uh, right down Be- Be- Beverly is one major block south of Melrose. They're parallel. It goes Beverly, Melrose, Santa Monica, Sunset, Hollywood, Franklin. Um, I'll keep going too if you want me to go. I can go either direction, and I'll go east west on you. Um, so I'm going west on Beverly, toward Beverly Hills, toward West LA. I'm I'm in Larchmont Hancock Park area, which is kind of East Hollywood. Uh, so I'm going west because our our business uh, Warren Counter Associates was on Beverly Boulevard. Um, and what what do we do? Okay, so. I get to work. I, I, yeah, I just drove to work. Some didn't go to work. Some didn't come to work that day. I was the first one in the office. So I must have, which it didn't take much to be the first in an LA office. <coughs> I think I was in there at 830. Uh, had on, turned on all the TVs or a few TVs. Next person in was an intern who was from New York, who lived in New York. She lives in Connecticut now. I think she was 20 at the time, Cheney. And uh, I just asked, I was like looking, she walked in like, you know, shell shock too. Everybody was just like, you know, just numb. And I was like, all I said was like, is your family okay? And she's like, yeah. And then we both just watched the TV and other people come into the office uh, as, you know, as time elapsed and uh, coming in like zombies, you know, a lot of New Yorkers, right? A lot of people, New York ties. There was a lot of uh, our uh, office had either from there, a lot of family there, um, or, or business partners and such there. So it was heavy. Uh, people stayed at work all day, even though we didn't really need to. You know, I think since we were West Coast and not a lot of people, you know, the, the most connected thing you could do is kind of stay around your work people and keep watching TV. So we just stayed all the day. Well, what's the point? Go home and be alone and watch it on TV? Um, I don't know. Unless you have a circle of friends that, like, let's go hang out and... You know, I know some people in New York that uh, got wasted that night and couldn't handle it any other way. Uh, at some point that day, my boss, Warren Cowan, how, how are we doing on time? Jesus. Oh, my God. We're we got to wrap it up. Uh, at some point that day, I wanted to talk about freaking Toledo. I wanted to talk about the Notre Dame game in South Bend. Maybe that's next week. I'll talk about Norm McDonald, too, a little bit, because then we'll have some time to process it. And it's not just me posting a picture with Norm. And, uh, you know. Anyway, uh, at some point that day, my boss, Warren Cowan, old school, had me uh, go to a bookstore on 3rd and La Cienega. Still don't know if that was a Barnes & Noble or a Borders. Somebody call in. Uh, I'm sure it's a pet store now or something. Beverly Hills doesn't need books. You know, why would that stay a bookstore? I remember James Woods, the actor, was in that bookstore talking to an employee. It was literally those two and me. And Warren sent me there to pick up a book. I don't know what book it was. Um one of our clients or or a new client or prospective client where it's like, I need to read this book tonight or in the next two hours to find out who we may or may not represent. Showbiz publicist is what Warren Cowan was, which is the last thing I should have been in. Someone's in stand-up, in writing. They're the origin of an idea. Publicity is the last thing. It's the furthest thing from... 
that original seed of an idea. So I don't know that I should have ever been there, but whatever. It got me into the town. It got me in my foot in the door. Um, so I go in there. James Woods is in there. They were the only two in there. And uh, he was talking to him. James Woods was talking to the employee. Not the employee talking to James Woods. Hey, you're famous. Loved you in this. Loved you in that. James Woods was like talking and not like small talk. It was almost like he was trying to convince him like this and this and this. Um, this is about four years after the movie Casino, which is the last movie I remember him from. He made stuff after that. Um, and it's, it's that bookstore that's behind the coffee bean and whatever that offbeat sushi place was <coughs> that only took cash. Anybody call in. Okay. Anyway, uh, years later, he would play Giuliani in a made for TV movie, I believe, which I never saw. And I thought that was ironic. I'm like, oh, Giuliani's such a big part of 9-11. Uh, and then portrayed by this guy who I saw, who is from New York, James Woods, in 9-11, on 9-11, and rather. Uh, weird, just weird, small world stories. Everybody's got weird stories in their lives. They don't have to be big. Hey, I hung out with all these celebrities. You know, I slept with all these, it, it's these weird little things in life, right? Um, and I'll tell you, Giuliani, talk about a guy having a really good twilight period of his life, just knocking it out of the park on this final chapter strong finish really good um so i don't know why i'm saying this i guess if james woods ever denies that he was in a bookstore in beverly hills west la area on 9 11 he's wrong we got him i was there i saw it he might have flown out that night i don't know but just a fascinating podcast all around <coughs> really strong uh so that's where i was on 9 11 and i remember on the way to work going how serious is this what like what i turned howard stern at the time was on 97.1 it was before he was on serious satellite and i was like this will be the true test if he's not you know <laughs> talking to strippers or hookers or cussing someone out or whatever or, or whatever giving a great interview like the best interview um and if he's taking this dead serious then we know it's real like we know how significant it, it is and it was he was dead serious and he was taking calls and he was just telling people like, all right, get away from there, go there. Uh, just kind of counseling, just kind of therapy, ing, ing, you know, people calling in and he's saying, making sure people are right, call in, you know, let's use this uh, vehicle, this show as a vehicle for um, getting information passed throughout the New York area. So uh, I remember I wrote a letter that night I can't find it. It was like a letter to myself or just a letter like um, what would motivate people to do something like this? What are some things we need to work on globally to prevent this ever from happening? Like clearly we have to get to the bottom and find out what would cause this. You know, are people doing this because they hate our freedom or are they doing this because of something we're doing uh, overseas? You know, two countries resources their populations their elections their economies their stock markets stuff like that their way of life because i i you know people are like oh they hate our freedom i i if i hated a country's freedom i don't think i would go to that extreme to go to the other side of the world to risk my life not to risk my life to end my own life i because i don't like the way they lived okay something i have to think drew them in you know i'm not justifying it by any stretch um, and we never really have gotten to the bottom of these things. 20 years later, a couple trillion dollars later, uh, we lost what? Just as many in, just as many, uh, soldiers in Afghanistan as we lost civilians. Um, and we lost just as many contractors, which I don't know why contractors are over there at all. Um, 
in Afghanistan as we five, 6,000 people we've lost post 9-11 in Afghanistan alone, something like that. I believe those are the numbers that I looked at those this morning. Um, so where are we after 20 years? You know, um, so it's scary and shameful what 19 people can do damage wise. Very scary. It's a, it's, it was, you know, and what those 19 people caused, you know, 20 years out. Uh, it's just, it's, it's mind blowing. And I don't know. It takes a lot of reflection. I just try to think of the uh, first responders and what they did going in like that. And, uh, I don't know. I wonder if some guys were like, no, no, I'm sure. Right. I don't know, police or, or, or firemen or whomever, paramedics were like, mm, I'm going to wait out here. And by even waiting out there, whatever that means, it could have cost you your life. So 20 years out, and uh, hopefully the end in Afghanistan is um, a healing for the world. You know what I mean? Damn it, man. I really wanted to get to uh, Notre Dame Toledo, but I can get to that next week. And Norm, too. Norm McDonald passed. All right, uh, weird take on 9-11, but is there a normal take? Uh, I try to be as honest as possible on this, and uh, I try to mediate all kinds. So hopefully it interests you, and hopefully it uh, does something, keeps you going. That's all I got, 33 minutes. We're, we're pushing it last few weeks, 31, 32, sneaking into 33 here. I don't know. I don't know. But... Uh, Just keep living. L-I-V-I-N. I'm going to go to Austin, I think, next month for a, uh, a little project I'll tell you about next week. So stay tuned to my four and a half listeners. I love you. Keen on Things podcast. Hang in there. Make it a good week. Hopefully you got some good sleep with this podcast. At some point, I'll do a full eight-hour podcast, and just you'll get the full eight hours. Wouldn't that be great? But the REM, you need to go deeper. Maybe you can. Anyway, love you. Thanks. Keen on Things. Keen of comedy. End it. <laughs>